Thank you, Donna. Thank you for leading us in singing. It is such a joy to gather with you all to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you are new to Southern Hills Evangelical Free Church, we are so glad that you are here with us. My name's Dirk Jaspers. I serve as one of the elders and as the main preaching pastor here at the church, and I would love a chance to meet you after the service. So please stop by and say hi. This morning we are continuing our walk through some of the most beloved of the Psalms, and this morning we are at perhaps one of the most well-known, Psalm 23, The Lord is My Shepherd. This is a psalm that even many who have not grown up in the church have likely heard. It's been set to music by many different artists over the centuries and in popular culture, and it is a psalm that has brought comfort to many. I've heard it sung at funerals, prayed in hospital rooms, waiting for a diagnosis, prayed it myself in my own life. It is a psalm that is beloved because in it we see God's character, specifically God's care. His care shown to David, his anointed king in the Old Testament, and his care shown to us, his people now. So would you stand, if you're able, for the reading of God's word from Psalm 23. My hope is that we will see his care and we will worship him for it. Psalm 23, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. This is a beautiful psalm that shows for us the Lord's care. And so as we go through this psalm, I want us to see three ways in which the Lord cares for us and for which we can worship him. We're going to see as we walk through the psalm that the Lord guides, the Lord guards, and the Lord loves. The Lord guides, the Lord guards, and the Lord loves. But before we dive into the text of the psalm, I want us to begin by sort of getting our bearings about who wrote this psalm and why it's here. We're told at the beginning, if you look in your Bible, there's a caption right before verse 1 that says, a psalm of David. Now, if you're new to the church or you're new to the Old Testament, you might ask, well, why is it telling me this? Who's this David guy? Why is it important that this psalm is written by him? Well, David is a really important figure in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. He was a shepherd boy born in obscurity in ancient Israel who was plucked out of his status as a lowly shepherd, and was made the king of God's people. God took him and made a promise to him that he would be the one who would rule God's people with righteousness and justice, 
that the Lord would bless him and protect him and keep him and that his descendants would rule and one day a descendant would come who would rule all the nations forever. That descendant was Jesus. And so David is this important figure. He is a king. He is God's chosen king ruling over God's chosen people. But not only was he the king, he was also in some ways sort of an ancient rock star, if you will. He was an artist, a poet. He wrote psalms like this one. In fact, many of the psalms are written by David. And he would use these psalms to lead God's people in worship of God. And so this psalm is not just David's personal psalm towards God. It's not just something between him and God here. It is a song that David, the chosen king of God's chosen people, is singing in public to his people. He is telling them about who God is, how God has blessed him as their king, and how through blessing him as their king, God is also blessing them. This is a public song by the king of God's people in the Old Testament for them to hear, for them to see, and for them to glorify God in. And so that helps us make sense of the opening verses where David makes quite clear in verses 1 through 3 that the Lord guides him. And actually that the Lord is his shepherd king. That David, though he is the king of Israel, is under a greater king. It says this, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Remember, this is David speaking here, but he begins with a statement of God's good and gracious care, but also God's good and gracious rule. When we read, the Lord is my shepherd, we often think of it just as God cares for me, right? That's sort of how we read it. God is the one who cares for me. But there's more going on here, not less, but more. See, David here uses the word Lord. If you look in your Bibles, it's in all caps. That means it was the divine name by which God had revealed himself to Israel by which he had saved them from slavery and exodus, and by which he blessed them as their God. It was the name by which he was known distinctly as their God, and it marked him off apart from any of the other false gods of the nations around them, gods like Baal or Asherah. And though many, unfortunately, after David would follow in worship of these false gods rather than the true God, David, to his people, makes crystal clear at the beginning, he says, the Lord... Yahweh, the one who delivered us from Egypt, the one who chose us and made us his people, he is my shepherd. He is my king. The shepherd language is also kingship language. It's used that way throughout much of the Psalms. It's used that way in Micah. It's used that way in the New Testament. And that's how the first audience would have heard it. We know from other documents, non-biblical documents from the time, that, for example, the Babylonians and the Egyptians used shepherd language to refer to their kings. Their kings would say, I shepherded the people under my care. And so David the king is saying, I'm the king of of you, my people, but I'm not the ultimate king. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd king. The Lord is the one who guides me as your king. And the Lord is the one who guides you through me. So David, from the outset, makes clear that even though he's king of Israel, he doesn't call all the shots in his life. He's a shepherd underneath a greater, he's a sheep underneath a greater shepherd. 
And he makes clear that the Lord's rule is what brings him blessing. It is because he is following God that he receives the blessings of God's good and gracious care. Because the Lord is no king like the rest of the kings in the world. He is a good king. A king, a shepherd who guides and who guards and who loves. And David emphasizes the Lord's good guidance in the first three verses. Because the Lord is my shepherd king, the one who guides me. And so I shall not want. I'll never go hungry, David says. I'll never go thirsty. I'll never lack what I need. He's not saying here I'll never desire anything. That's not the use of the want. It's want as in like I need something and I don't have it. I'm lacking. It says, because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He's a good shepherd who won't let me go hungry, who won't let me go thirsty, who makes me to lie down in green pastures where there's abundant grass, where I as a sheep can eat my fill. He's the one who guides me and leads me beside still waters, a place of rest where I can drink deeply of the life-giving water that I need as a sheep. He's saying that God is the one who, as the good shepherd, guides David and guides us to the place we need to go, to the place where we will receive blessing. We won't go hungry. We'll have abundant grass. We won't go thirsty. We'll have all the water that we need. He, as David says, restores my soul. This could also be translated, restores my whole being, my whole life. He's saying here, God is the good shepherd who takes care of me, who takes me where I need to go and provides all that I need. Now, this is really important. When we think of shepherds, we tend to think of like a beautiful scene in pastoral England where there's grass galore and it's grass as far as the eye can see and there's abundant water. But in David's day in Israel, there were large periods of the year where it was the dry season, where you couldn't find grass easily, where you couldn't find sources of water easily. It was sort of like the high desert we live in up here. And so if sheep were going to survive... They couldn't just be left on their own to do whatever they want. They'd starve to death or die from heat exhaustion or lack of water. And so a good shepherd, part of their job was to guide the sheep where the sheep needed to go in order to flourish. And David says, even though things may be desert, even though there's challenges, God guides me exactly where I need to go. He provides exactly what I need when I need it. And he's with me in it. He restores my whole life. This is good news for David, right? That God feeds him and waters him, that God takes care of him. But it's also good news to us because throughout the Psalms, it's made quite clear again and again that God's blessing to the kings of Israel was also God's blessing to Israel, to his people. That as it went with the king, so it went with the people. And so if you're an ancient Israelite and you're hearing David say, the Lord takes care of me, I'm never wanting. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. You're hearing not just, oh, God's really good to David. That's great for the king. I wish I had that. You're hearing God is good to our king and God is good to us. If God takes care of our king, God will take care of us. And so it is right and it is appropriate for us who are part of God's people, who have submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ, David's greater son, the one in David's line who rules all, 
to pray with David. And we can say, just as David said, the Lord is my shepherd, not just David's. David shall not want, I shall not want. God made David lie down in green pastures. He will make me to lie down in green pastures. God led David beside still waters. He will lead me beside still waters. He restores my soul. See, the reality is that God is not just our king and our Lord. He is our good king and our good Lord who takes care of us and loves us. He knows what we need. He knows where we need to go, even though we don't always know. And he guides us in these ways. This should be great comfort for us through the storms of life. Sometimes we don't know where we're going. Sometimes we don't know how things are going to shake out. Sometimes it feels like, God, I'm not, I don't see any green pastures on the horizon. I don't see the still waters. They don't seem like they're up ahead. Feels like we're going through some desert here. The reality is that God knows what we need. He will not let us want. He will not let us go hungry. He will not let us go thirsty. He will guide us beside still waters and green pastures and restore our soul. And all of this is because God loves us, but also because God is seeking to glorify himself in the world. Notice what David says at the end of verse 3. It says, God leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That is, God is leading me, David says, in the right way to go, the right way to lead my people, the right way to serve as king, the right way to live my life. And he's doing so for my good. In fact, all through the Psalms, if you just read, turn two Psalms later to Psalm 25, David is pleading with God, teach me your paths. Show me the way I should go. Show me the righteous way that I might be blessed and God's people might be blessed. And David says, God is leading me in the paths of righteousness, of right living for my good, but also for his namesake. So that when people look at me as the king, David says, they'll glorify God. They'll see the way that I rule, the way that I live. And they'll say the God of their people is a good God who loves David, who guides David in the right ways, and who loves David's people. But it's not just David that the Lord guides for his namesake. The Lord also guides us in paths of righteousness for our good. We saw that two weeks ago in Psalm 1, where we heard, Blessed is the man who walks not in the way of sinners, but walks in the way of the righteous, who delights in the Lord. How God brings flourishing to those who walk in his ways. But it's not just for our good, it's for his glory. He wants us to thrive. He wants us to flourish in the world. But ultimately, it's that people might see our lives and might honor him. And so David says, the Lord is guiding me. And we can say, the Lord is guiding me because the Lord cares for us, but also for his name's sake. So the Lord guides. He won't let us go hungry. He won't let us go thirsty. He won't lose us. But he also does more than just show us the way to go. He also guards. David speaks of this in verse 4. David knows that it's not green grass and high tides forever. It's not green pastures and still waters every day of the week. There are times where we will go through difficulties. And David is no, he's not naive. He knows that these will come. And verse 4 he says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. David says, I'm the shepherd, 
I'm following you, Lord, the sheep. And I know there are going to be times where it's dangerous, where I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Here David is continuing this shepherd-sheep imagery. Talked about how the sheep would have to be guided to a place of fresh water or green grass. Well, often it was long distances through rocky mountain trails, through deep canyons, through places where sheep, if they were on their own, would be devoured by predators. So they would go through these dark valleys, there'd be predators looking to eat the sheep, and if there wasn't a good shepherd, the sheep could get devoured. David knew this from his own days shepherding the sheep. But David says, he says, I'm a sheep. I know there's these enemies around, there's these predators. And even though I'm walking through the valley of shadow of shadow of death, I'm not afraid. I will fear no evil. I'm not worried about it. Why? Not because David's a really strong sheep who can fight off the shepherds. Not because David's blind to the dangers that, that are out there but because God is with him. I will fear no evil, for you are with me, David says. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me, David says. David here is speaking of the Lord's guarding. First, guarding from enemies and predators who would seek to devour the sheep. That is what's referred to with the rod. The rod here that David refers to was a club that a shepherd would carry in order to fight off wild animals that might try to devour his sheep and take them away. And David says, as I'm walking through the valley and there are these predators around, I'm not worried about it because I know you have your rod, your club to fight them off, God. And so that rod is a comfort to me. I see that you're there with me. I see that you're guarding me with your club. And the club itself is comforting to me, David says. This is a beautiful truth, and it would have been particularly comforting to David. David was a king who was involved in a number of wars against nations around who sought to attack him and attack his people. He also survived a coup attempt by his own son. There's a lot of enemies, not abstract enemies, real enemies that David had to worry about in his life. But David here says, he says, I'm not worried about them because I trust you, God. I trust that you're guarding me like a sheep uses his club a shepherd uses his club to guard the sheep and i take comfort in it and i'm not worried about it now if this is the way that the lord guards the king of god's people he will also guard the people under that king that's how the logic works in the old testament and so when we see god's faithfulness to david we can also see god's faithfulness to us as his people We live in a world where not everyone loves God, where not everyone loves God's people, but we need not worry because God is guarding us, because God loves us and protects us like a shepherd loves and protects his sheep. God will not lose us. He will protect us from enemies in the world, also from the enemies of our souls, Satan himself. God will not allow us to be devoured. God will not allow us to be taken. God guards us by his rod, and we can trust and take comfort in that. But God not only guards us from outside threats, he also guards us from our own foolishness. David speaks of this when he talks about God comforting him with his staff. The rod and the staff in verse 4 are two different tools for a shepherd. The rod is a club that you use to fight off the animals, but the staff 
was a shepherd's crook. Maybe you've seen those. They have a little hook on the end. And what a shepherd would do is they would use it to keep the sheep from straying off the right path. They're trying to guard the sheep, get them safely to the green pastures and the still waters. But sheep are not very intelligent animals. It's not a positive comparison all the time. And David, as a shepherd, knew sheep would go off, end up in the ditch, end up in the bramble patch. They'd get themselves hurt. They'd, some sheep will walk off into crevices and break their legs. There, there was a lot of dangers for sheep, not just from predators, but from sheep being sheep. And David says, he says, I, I know, God, that I'm a sheep. And I know sometimes I will make foolish decisions and I will be tempted to go the wrong way, to fail to walk in your paths of righteousness, to lose sight of the way I should go. But I'm comforted by the fact, David says, that even when I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, that your staff is there to comfort me, that you pull me back, that you guide me back on the path I should go, that if I fall in the ditch or in the bramble patch or I break my legs, that you'll pick me up by your staff and set me back on the road. And so David says, I'm comforted by both your rod with which you defend me and your staff by which you protect me even from myself. And this is great encouragement because if we're honest, no matter how mature we are as Christians, we still sin. We still act foolishly at times. We need a king who looks out for us, who has our best interests in heart, and who graciously and gently picks us up when we fall in the bramble patch or when we end up in the ditch. And just as God protects us from the external threats, he also protects us from ourselves. And that is something that David takes great comfort in, that the Lord is our king, but he's a good shepherd king. He guides us and he guards us. And so we need not fear. Even when we're in the valley of the shadow of death, we can have a song in our heart. We can go about it without worrying. It says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. No matter how dangerous it might seem on the outside, no matter how much we may have messed something up, fallen short, missed the mark, sinned against God, God will take care of us. He comforts us with his rod and his staff. So the Lord guides, the Lord guards. But then lastly, verse 5-6, through six, the Lord loves. David here switches from the imagery of a shepherd with sheep to a host and a guest. One commentator, Willem A. Van Gemmeren, says that we switch here from the Lord is my shepherd to the Lord is my host. David is the guest, the Lord is his host. Verse 5, David speaks of how God prepares a table before him. God lays out a banquet for David to eat from in the presence of David's enemies. So you see the picture here. David has these enemies around him. And for David, these were not abstract enemies. These were real enemies. Because my enemies are watching and you lay out a spread for me. And not only do you lay out a spread for me, you give me the VIP treatment. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. You would anoint the VIPs, the most important guests at a banquet back then, with oil. It was a mark of honor and respect. And so David says here, while my enemies are watching all around God, you come, you sit me down, you pour oil on me, and my cup overflows. You give me the best spot. You give me the seat of honor. 
even as my enemies watch. There's a triumphing here for David over those who are opposed to him and opposed to God. David is delighting in the Lord's good care for him as king, despite the presence of his enemies. And this is good news if you're an ancient Israelite, right? If you're part of God's people, if you're living under David's rule and David during that time had to face many attacks by enemies from the nations around them, but also from within the kingdom. Like, well, if God is anointing David's head with oil in the presence of his enemies, then he's protecting David and he's protecting us. He loves our king and he loves us. And the same is true for us this side of the cross and resurrection. Jesus is David's greater son, the one who walked through the valley of the shadow of death and emerged victorious. He is, of course, God. David was not God, so there's some differences there. But he is the one who has won who is beloved by the Father. And if the Father loved Jesus enough to raise him from the dead and seat him at the highest place, then he will also love us. If God loved David enough to prepare a table before him in the presence of his enemies, then he will care for us, his people. And so it's no surprise then that David delights in the Lord's love, both in its pursuit of him and its everlasting nature. Verse 6, David's not worried that this is a temporary state of affairs, that he'll get invited to this one banquet and then everything's going to fall apart. No, verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. David is confident, confident that God's love will continue, that his goodness and mercy will pursue him. These words goodness and mercy are really significant words in the Old Testament. They show up again and again and again. And they're usually used of God's faithfulness in relationship with his people or with individuals. And so David here is saying, I know that God's goodness and God's loving kindness, his faithfulness, will pursue me all the days of my life. It's not just going to end a day. It's going to continue my whole life. And even though my enemies are against me, God is for me. That is what David is saying here. And he does so through kind of a pun, which we don't really see in English, but that's there in Hebrew. The word for shall follow me, when we read in English, we think like sort of David's going along and then the goodness and mercy just sort of trails behind him, kind of like a dog on a leash. But in Hebrew, the word here is for pursue. And most of the uses in the Old Testament are negative. They involve someone pursuing someone else to do them harm. So pursuing an enemy in battle or pursuing a fugitive to execute them. And so David here is saying, yeah, I've got all these enemies that are after me, that are pursuing me, that are seeking to do me harm and do my people harm. But even though they're pursuing me, God's goodness and mercy are going to pursue me faster and better than any of them ever can. And God's never going to lose me. I'm never going to lose the trail of God's love. God's mercy and his goodness will pursue me all the days of my life. And there's nothing that my enemies can do to stop that. But not only will God's goodness and mercy pursue David all the days of his life, David is confident that the future is secure, that he shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David says, you are my host, God. You prepare this banquet. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. You pursue me with your goodness and mercy all the days of my life. And this isn't a temporary banquet. It's a forever banquet. I will dwell in the house of the Lord 
Not just today, not just tomorrow, not just for the next month, forever. David is confident that God's love will never be taken from him. That God's love will continue with him forever. And friends, we can have the same confidence too if we are in Christ. As Paul puts it in Romans 8, if we are in Christ, what can separate us from the love of God? Can danger or trial or famine or sickness or sword or the past or the present or the future or angels or demons, can anything separate us from the love of God? Paul says no. David says no. We, like David, can trust that the Lord is our good shepherd, that he guides us, that he guards us, and that he loves us, and that this love isn't a temporary love that goes back and forth and God might change his mind about, but that God has set his faithfulness, his loving kindness on us, just as he set his faithfulness and loving kindness on David, and that we can rest secure in that. We can delight in that. We can trust in that. And we can give thanks that we have a good shepherd who never loses any of his sheep. So my hope is that as we look at this psalm, Psalm 23, that we with David can echo in his delight. That we can say, the Lord is my shepherd. He's the one who calls the shots. He's my king. He's my ruler. But he's also my caretaker. He's the one who guides me so that I'm never going hungry. I'm never going thirsty. He's guiding me to green pastures and still waters. He's the one who guards me when I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, whose club comforts me as he defends me from my enemies, whose staff comforts me as he guards me from my own decisions. And that the Lord loves us, that he has prepared a table for us, that his goodness and mercy will pursue us all the days of our life, and not just today, but tomorrow, that we will dwell with him in his house forevermore. May this encourage our hearts and lead us to praise. Would you please pray with me? O oh Lord, you are our shepherd. We shall not be in want. You make us lie down in green pastures. You lead us beside still waters. You restore our souls. You lead us in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Yes, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. For you are with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. You prepare tables before us in the presence of our enemies. You anoint our heads with oil. Our cups overflow. Surely your goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And we will dwell in your house forever. We thank you, O Lord, for being our good shepherd. And we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.